Good Monday morning and welcome to Noah's Window. All this week, Mary Alice and I are going to be doing something that we hope is helpful. In fact, when we first began to think about continuing Noah's Window after we regathered on campus, one of the thoughts we had was just bringing forward things that we pulled out of our daily devotions that she and I share together. And maybe we'll do that from time to time, but there's a reason why we're doing it this week. Uh, we want to talk about how that you can read through the Bible, whether you read through it from Genesis to Revelation or you just have daily Bible reading every day. We, we want to talk about how we can read from the scriptures and then pull out lessons that we need in our, our lives every day. The Bible tells us uh, that the stories in the Bible are there for our examples. So uh, I'm going to bring a scripture that Mary Alice and I read a few days ago. And I just want to share some of the things that God showed me out of that scripture, which I think these will be helpful lessons. But beyond that, you might kind of see how how I mine out of the scriptures lessons that uh, I should. Well, of course, they're, they're important to my day life, but they also find their way into messages that I teach. Um, Mary Alice and I read through the one year Bible. I'm not sure I would rec recommend that for everybody because to be honest with you, there are parts of the Bible where you know you get into the building of the tabernacle, the laws of the Old Testament, and maybe that's not <clears throat> right for everybody, but it, we love it because that way we just don't miss out on anything that God has to say in his word. And even when we're reading through some of those uh, sections of scripture that can be a little bit tedious because they're a little bit more like an encyclopedia, we still discover great truths out of God's word that speak to our hearts. So uh, <clears throat> for the next few days, I just want to share with you some thoughts out of Exodus 32, which we read a few weeks ago. And as Mary Alice was reading to me, and that's kind of how we do it. Mary Alice likes reading out loud and I like being read to, so that makes for a perfect situation. As she was reading through Exodus 32, there were just some big things that jumped off the page to me as I listened. And I want to share those with you. Um, a little backstory. Uh, the people of Israel have now come out of Egypt. They've seen a number of miracles that God has performed. I mean, God has given them food from heaven, manna, you know, going back to when they first left, he sent the plagues that caused the Egyptians to let them go and open the Red Sea. They got across the other side. Then God closed the Red Sea on Pharaoh and his army. And, and so on and on, God had just done so many miracles to reveal to the uh, people of Israel, that it was God's plan. They were on God's agenda and they just needed to trust him. Uh, but we had a real problem in Exodus 32 because, <clears throat> excuse me, Moses has been up on the mountain for a long time. God's been giving him instructions. He's been showing him uh, the laws that the people of Israel need to follow and then giving him instructions for the tabernacle. It took a long time. Moses had been there for a number of days and that's when everything went wrong. Uh, one more thing before I go into the scripture, as I shared with you in a recent message at New Spring, we've been seeing a number of really horrible scandals in the Christian community of leaders that many of us looked up to, and yet we found out that they were leading a secret life and, and just a lot of ugly stuff. And, and in a lot of the comments that have been made after that, you know, there are all these people saying, well, perhaps this these leaders were always frauds and lost. And I don't know. I mean, that's up to God. God will judge that. But I do know this. I know, as I shared with you in the first part of Worlds of Warfare, that God's people can get into some really dark things. 
And we have a chapter here that teaches us something about that. So let me just read for a little bit, and then I'll share with you some lessons that I drew out of that as Marianas was reading this to me. When the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come back down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron. Come on, they said, make us some gods who can lead us. Can you imagine that? I mean, after God had led them out of Egypt with the plagues, led them across the Red Sea, led them, you know, taking care of them. Make us some gods who can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. Well, actually, Moses hadn't brought them there. God had. Moses was just the leader that God had picked. So we're expecting Aaron to say, oh, guys, don't do this. This is a horrible thing. But Aaron, unfortunately, was something of a weak leader. Listen to what he said. Take the gold rings from the ears of your wives and sons and daughters and bring them to me. All the people took the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. Then Aaron took the gold, melted it down, and molded it into the shape of a calf. Well, that was one of the gods that the Egyptians worshipped. When the people saw it, they exclaimed, O Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Aaron saw how excited the people were, so he, watched this, built an altar in front of the calf, and then he announced, Tomorrow will be a festival to the Lord. What did Aaron try to do? Aaron was trying to find some way to placate the people who had developed appetites in Egypt for worshiping false gods, but he tried to put a God spin on it. He put an altar in front of the calf, and then he said, tomorrow's gonna be a festival to the Lord. Well, there wouldn't have been anything wrong with them having a day of worship of the Lord, except for the fact that Aaron had just built a golden calf to placate the people, as I said, who had developed their appetites for idolatry in Egypt. But notice that it didn't work because it never, it never tries, it never works to try to meet the devil halfway. Verse six, the people got up the next morning to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings. After this, they celebrated with feasting and drinking and they indulged in pagan revelry, which that's a euphemism for they actually began an orgy. So think about this. If you look at that section of scripture from verse one to six of Exodus 32, it starts with the people being frustrated because Moses has not appeared off the mountain yet and it ends with them in an orgy. What can we draw from that? I think one of the greatest challenges to the Christian life is waiting. When we believe that we've done the right thing and that God is going to work on our behalf, Sometimes when we're waiting for an answer, if we're not careful, we can begin to give up on doing things God's way. I've watched this happen to an extreme extent, like it happened here in the lives of many Christians. I've, I've seen Christians who would pray for an answer to prayer, and then when the answer didn't come in the time they expected to, I've watched some of those Christians turn their backs on God and just go back out into the world. And of course, that's what Satan wanted them to do. You know, it's important to wait on the Lord. One thing I've discovered about waiting on the Lord, although it is a challenge and, and it is, it's not easy for me to wait with my ADD. I've discovered as I've looked back on my life that God is always on time. <laughs> he's, he's seldom early, but he's never late. And I really believe that one of the things that God wants to accomplish with us waiting is for us to keep our, our focus and our dependence on him. One of the greatest opportunities to exercise faith is to be committed to God's plan, even when it doesn't seem to be happening as quickly as we want it to. 
Well, what we also see from that is that we can start off with impatience with God and we can wind up in some really dark places. So for all of us who are having to wait today, and that's all of us, because whenever we pray, the answer doesn't typically come just like that. It's important to remember that God is working. And more importantly, to remember that if we ever get our eyes off the Lord and start putting them on the world and looking for the world to answer our needs, looking for the world to answer our prayers, then we can get into some really dark places. So I hope that that's helpful to you today. It was just a reminder to me, as much as I hate waiting, it's a reminder to me to just keep my focus on the Lord. I'll, I'll come back with another lesson tomorrow, but for right now, let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word, how that even in these uh, old scriptures, uh, in the history of Israel, you teach us lessons that are perfect for us today. Help us to remember that you're working and that even though you may take longer than we expect you to or hope for you to, that you're always on time. And we pray that you'll help us to keep our focus and eyes on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks for joining us on this Monday for Noah's Window. Tomorrow, I'll go right back into Exodus 32 to show you something else that God showed me as Mary Alice was reading the other day.